Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee. I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today I'd like to talk with you about this idea of navigating life after trauma. For too many of us, we have felt alone and isolated around people, although we share common ties and experiences, but we don't know how to share our thoughts and feelings without feeling upset or rageful or retreating within ourselves and isolating. If you are looking for your new normal, if you are looking to relate with someone after the aftermath of some type of traumatic incident that happened to you directly or you've observed something, listen to today's episode. And also, survivors are not just the only people who can benefit. Friends and family of those who have been close to someone who have been traumatized can also benefit from this conversation. Either way, I think you are really going to find value. And we're going to get to all of this important stuff coming to you after this short break. Hey there, and we're back. So glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, I'm wrapping my arms around you and giving you a big old electronic hug. I know, how many times have I been given electronic hugs? Well, there's no quota or limit on the hugs that I can give out electronically. Anywho, make sure you hit that subscribe, follow button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety-split. And those of you guys who have been listening, thank you in advance for writing a review. That is let other people know, as well as me, what you're liking, and so I can give you more of it. I want to thank you in advance for checking out info.deniseglee.com slash connect. There you'll be able to sign up to my free weekly mailing list. I drop it every Monday morning. Join Energy, my support group for entrepreneurs who are willing to up-level in all areas of their lives. Read articles, learn more about why am I life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. Well, if you're interested in finding that out, Go to info.denisegelee.com slash connect and go to About Denise. So many good resources. I am confident you're going to find something that will appeal to you. And then also check out anchor.fm slash Lee. There you'll be able to send me a voicemail message. Excited to hear from you. Let me know in the beginning or the end of the voicemail message whether or not I have permission to air your message. I'm really excited to hear from your life and your experiences and most importantly, what you've been getting out of this experience that we have together. And also everything that we're going to be talking about is not a sweeping generalization about you and your situation or the observations you've had with anybody else. This podcast is only intended for informational purposes and it's not intended to be a replacement nor supersede anything you have received from a licensed clinical social worker, a board-certified psychiatrist, or any other mental health care professional. And this is really important because I don't want you listening to this podcast and say, well, Denise said, I don't need to talk to anybody. Well, Denise didn't say that you don't need to be talking to anybody. Denise is just providing you information and encouraging you to explore healing resources that can be able to take you to the next step with me or with anybody else. Don't really care who you go with. Just care that you, if you're impacted by the words that I have to share with you today, go about and do something. Okay. And that being said, I'm going to leave some links in the show notes below for some resources that may be of interest to you on this topic. Okay. Specifically your life script, because for oftentimes too many of us have been 
replicating the things that we've observed from our family or friends or culture to our personal detriment. And understand your life script is going to be able to help you break some faulty thinking and inaccurate perceptions of things. And I want to make sure that you have the support that you need as you're navigating to the next phase of your life. Okay. Now, as I kind of mentioned in the open message, if you have ever suffered through a traumatic incident such as sexual, verbal, or physical abuse, it may be hard to relate with others. You may feel like an alien or an outsider to people who share common ties with you. I can't tell you how many times I felt othered, even within my own house, because I received different types of abusive behavior from my specifically my mother that my brothers didn't face. And so we're all in the same household, but we're still not feeling connected, united, because the trauma that we all faced was a little bit different, okay? So if you're trying to relate with others and finding your new normal, I just want to let you know that you're in the right place. I definitely can relate and understand. And that's kind of why the reason why I've devoted my career to shifting and helping other, other people navigate through the storm of post-trauma. Oftentimes people just think that trauma is something violent and extreme in one-time event. They were raped or sexually abused or molested or they grew up in a situation where they saw something from a wartime they were living in a, a war event. But I want to let you know that trauma can come in so many different flavors. Basically, trauma is a series of incidents or acute incidents that has traumatically altered how you perceive things or how you process your feelings. And so when someone asks you to explain something that was traumatic in your family or with yourself, you may be able to talk about all the feelings, but not the facts. Or you might be able to talk about all the facts but not the feelings. And the reason why it's happening is that your brain is trying to help preserve your sanity. You're, within your brain, there's a long fibrous tissue called the corpus callosum. And what it does is it divides the left linear logical thinking side from the right feeling centered side. And when your body and your mind is exposed to something traumatic, Things get short-circuited, so you either default to either thinking all about the facts about what happened or all about the feelings and none of necessarily the facts or the accuracy. And so I have observed with different clients, and I've, I've even experienced itself, where your facts, the chronology, may be a little distorted, or you might just be immersed in just the feelings and struggle with expressing exactly what happened, and that's a normal traumatic-based response. And so navigating the world might feel a little uneasy and difficult, just to say the least. I've also seen people in traumatic experiences that never even thought their household experience was traumatic, and it definitely shifted how they view things. I remember I was talking with a client the other day, and she was telling me that when she was growing up, her parents stayed together no matter what, despite the fact that they were arguing and fighting and they were feuding. And she told me that every day she would wake up and she would pray that her family would stay together no matter what. Even though her parents never hit her, they never were verbally abusive to her, years and years of absorbing tension and rancor amongst her parents was traumatizing and definitely impacted the way she viewed marriage and family and how she interacted with her husband. And 
I just want to let you know that trauma takes all sorts of weird and interesting ter- turns. And so I just want to just dis- dispel the myth that rape or incest or being hit is just the only form of trauma. Verbal abuse is trauma. Being neglected is a form of trauma. Being in an environment where someone was heavily critical and controlling is trauma. I'm thinking about another client of, of mine where she grew up in a very deeply religious environment and she felt controlled by her, specifically her grandmother saying, well, Jesus wouldn't have you say these things or Jesus did this or Jesus did that. And I'm not sitting here just calling Jesus. It could be Allah or whoever, just insert whatever religion context for your situation. If that's something that rings to you, resonates with you about being abused through heavy religious doctrine and dogma. So this particular client basically never felt that she had a voice because every time she wanted to speak anything that would challenge a question, the 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 grandmother would wield religion as a shield to slice again any of her logic or her feelings. So I am just trying to explain to you that it comes in so many different flavors and forms. Your situation should not be minimized just because you don't think it is as extreme as other people. Okay. I want to give you the permission to understand that your story is just as unique and just as powerful and just as important as anybody else. It's just different. Okay. That all being said, what I like to talk with you about that up until this point, you may have felt quote unquote, okay, after a traumatic incident. And you may have thought, you know, yeah, I struggle at times with relating with others. But overall, I'm no different than anyone else. But the fact of the matter is that your experience, no matter how long or short or acute, meaning like how potent it was at, it was at the time, permanently altered how you viewed yourself, your expectations, and how you view your world. What I work with one-on-one clients is this idea of managing your expectations and understanding reality versus what the trauma taught you. I was thinking about one particular male client who always hesitated to ask for questions because he thought that he was inconveniencing people and come to find out he was trained from his mother, this idea that good boys never bother people. So he took it to that message to the extreme thinking, I don't want to bother anyone by asking questions. This is the type of how you view yourself distortedly that happens from being in traumatic situations. And I just want to let you know, whatever you are faced with, it's okay. And as you continue to process your traumatic experiences and finding healing, you will find a new normal. Whatever that normal is can be better than anything you could have asked for and imagined. Trust me, it is possible. And now I want to pivot and talk with you about how the traumatized mind reacts to stress. Okay. First and foremost, please understand that the human mind handles stress and trauma in different ways. There are so many factors such as your age and your gender, your personality temperament. Think your Myers-Briggs, okay? Or your discord, your cultural background, religion, or ethnic background can all influence how you view things post-trauma. And if you haven't healed from the trauma and you're still kind of navigating life, your body is still re- are hypersensitive to certain stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, 
norepinephrine. And even if something hints or kind of reminds you of that, your body is reacting in a stress way. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you're feeling stressed, you might clench your jaw or ball your hands in the fist or uh, you're, you're, you're sweating in your palms or sometimes other areas you're sweating. And that's a trauma-based response. And so what we're doing right here, this is just part of the work is understanding how that your body is physiologically still reacting to the trauma even after the incident or incidents have have ended and that can those manifestations of trauma post incident can be you can be suspicious or untrusting or you're thinking everyone's trying to get you i've was thinking about one particular client who said she always thought her supervisor was always trying to demean her work or whatever. And I'm thinking about another particular client who always said that she found clients who demean her. But on closer inspection, those particular clients and her supervisor, two different women, you know, were not viewing things accurately. And in fact, they were just still suffering from the injury from other other traumatic incidences. And then so we're just working through to unpack what that is but other ways that we our minds are on trauma looks like we may be addicted to sex or substances or work or dangerous activities skydiving bungee jumping i was thinking about george h bush that even in his 90s was still jumping out of airplanes still trying to get the dopamine rush from his days in the air force because he was exposed to so many traumatic and incidences to the point where he only felt alive when he was putting his life in danger okay we may be into self-sabotaging activities, or we might be compulsive or scattered or drained. I'm thinking about one particular client who always felt exhausted. She woke up, felt exhausted. She went to sleep, she felt exhausted. It's a constant state of exhaustion when you're just feeling drained. Or you might have a high pain tolerance. There's so many of us who have suffered from traumatic incidences that literally try to expose themselves to stressful situations or stressful people in order to reenact again that traumatic experiences okay or you might struggle with insecurities and you're hypersensitive i could not for the life of me in the past accepted any criticism or any type of instruction even if it was for my good because i felt attacked for who i was and when the fact of the matter is if someone cares about you they want to help you improve but when you are still have unresolved trauma issues, you don't see it as such, okay? And I go in a lot more details with my one-on-one clients about how they can resolve those type of trauma-based responses in the real, but but I, I just want to talk about in the time that we have, we have right now, this idea of covert versus overt aggressive behavior. And that's another form of traumatic-based response. And I want to just talk about in the time we have right now. So over-aggressive behavior is so obvious to see. This is a person who would not hesitate to make sarcastic or deliberately hurtful comments or actions towards everyone, including themselves. But in contrast, the covert-aggressive person is trapped within themselves emotionally. And they're unable to express themselves. And as such, they resort to passive-aggressive tendencies. Think about the person who says, yes, I'm going to meet you at Tuesday at 4 p.m. And then it's Tuesday at 2 p.m. And you're calling to check to see if somebody's going to show up. And they're like, oh, I completely forgot, even though they said, yeah, they'd be there a week ahead of time. People who cannot keep their appointments that they choose to make, that's a form of aggression. It's called passive aggressive behavior.
Okay. And as such, these people who are covert with their aggression frequently find punishers or people who are covertly aggressive, who are willing to fight and feud or, or humiliate them or say just terrible things in order for them to justify being passively aggressive or hiding away from other people and not sharing their feelings. Now, I recall one particular group coaching experience when I was talking with two men for the purposes of our time with one another. I call them Harry and Dan. Harry and Dan. You know, Harry is a soft-spoken man with a solemn face who often talked with his head slightly prostrated down. And Harry often felt exhausted and overwhelmed sharing his feelings. When When faced with a discomforting idea or situation, Harry would often shut down and either compare himself to others or abruptly change the conversation to a different topic. Conversely, Dan was all too excited to share every painful, uncomfortable experience about himself. Dan sat upright, smiled often, and in contrast to Harry, would not hesitate to share in detail his thoughts and perceived missteps. He would even state cheerfully, quote, now here's the best part, meaning the part where Dan could highlight how terrible he was to himself and others. And unlike Harry, Dan wore his pain and discomfort as a badge of honor. But both men were reacting to people out of a trauma-based response. So this is kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of our time with one another, that you may think you're okay, but there are signs that there's something off. Now, most people who are dealing with someone who is post-traumatic, they just may think, well, we're all odd. We all have a little screw or marble loose. That's okay. But here's the thing. The reason why it's so essentially important to deal with the trauma and deal with the aftermath is that if we're continuing to have these unresolved issues, we're going to start destroying relationships. We're going to start destroying situations. We're going to start destroying good things because in our minds, we think, the rug is going to be pulled out from under us. There's something bad that's going to happen. It's only a matter of time, just like it happened in my previous traumatic situation. And our brains have a habit of wanting to repeat things on loop and re- like literally recreate certain things that they have observed or experienced in order for them to resolve it. That's what we do as human beings because we're problem solvers. Our brain always wants to problem solve. And if it didn't understand why the traumatic incident happened, it's going to try to recreate certain things. So that's why I always tell everyone, my clients, especially you who are listening, be mindful of the people that you're hanging around with. Be mindful. If you're finding yourself repeating the exact same scenario or situation with other people, but the only thing that has changed is names, okay, in places, but the same kind of dynamic, be mindful that perhaps this is your body and your mind still reacting to a trauma-based situation. I was thinking about, even with myself, prior to meeting my husband, I think about all of my former lovers, boyfriends, or actually more lovers than anything else. I wouldn't call them relationships. <laughs> this idea of they were all the same, self-loathing alcoholics with different names. Or even if they weren't drinking, they were still self-absorbed because of their addictive tendencies. So I was more or less 
finding the exact same person in different bodies, replaying the same story. And the only way you can get free from those destructive tendencies is to sit there and ask yourself, where in my heart am I still working through some unresolved pain? And look, here's the thing. I ain't going to sit here and lie and say that this conversation is not uncomfortable. And the fact that it's uncomfortable is because your mind does not want to examine these areas. And that's totally natural. Our minds want to protect ourselves from things it perceives as dangerous. And as flip twist, our mind also wants to resolve things. So even if you don't want to solve it because you're scared, you're frightened, you're going through things, there's a part of your mind that wants to resolve it. So I want to let you know that push through the discomfort, push through the fears, because here's the thing. You don't want to drop dead still dealing with the same junk that you faced with 20, 30, 40 years ago. I don't want you to have a unhappy relationship with your colleagues or your clients or your friends or your families because you were afraid to unearth and see what within yourself to help contribute to your life post-trauma. And this is definitely something that you can't really do by yourself. I mean, don't get me wrong, amazing attitude is going to be a step in the right direction for intro- introspection, but our brains are very sophisticated and we do a bang up good job trying to justify and rationalize the pain that we have inflicted onto ourselves and others. So that's why I really emphasize one-on-one work through this because I don't want you to rationalize your way out of not getting the help that you need. You might say to yourself, well, I don't have the money, but then you might find yourself spending tens of thousands of dollars distracting yourself and numbing yourself on shopping or drugs or food or vacations or whatever. I was thinking to myself about, I was reading this streaming offer by this particular, this company. It's not worth mentioning their name because I don't really want us to get too distracted, but they were saying that they were charging $65 a month for this particular service. And I was thinking to myself, my goodness, with all the amenities and offers that are mentioned, I would have to spend all day uh, trying to justify the price. And that's the point. A lot of people really want to be entertained and numbed out and anesthetized to their, their pain and discomfort. And they're willing to pay anything. $65 a month is nothing in order to escape their pain and their trauma. But let me let you know that if we continue to escape the pain inadvertently, we're going to find more of it in terms of more people that will help us face our discomfort, face our trauma. It's the way it's fun. The way it is, is so funny. We attract the hurt that is designed to help us heal. Meaning that if we are struggling with insecurity, we're going to find people who are way more insecure than us. If we're struggling with food, right? We're going to find ourselves in situations where we're going to expose to way more food. And unless we choose to deal with it, it gets amplified more and more and more. And I want you to understand that instead of working around it, there's a better way. We can work through it. We can understand that this is being used for us, not against us. Okay. And we can evolve and move past the hurt. Okay. There is healing on the other side. Trust and believe that there are other people that have gone through far worse 
or I shouldn't say far worse. There are people who have gone through stuff that you couldn't even comprehend how they survived. They were able to live a happy, functional life and understand their feelings and not try to suppress it or deny it or try to run away from it or try to spend it away or smoke it away or whatever. They are dealing with it. And I trust and believe that the fact that you're listening to this message right now, you also want to deal with it too. So I want to thank you in advance for trusting yourself to make the next step, whatever that next step looks for you in terms of healing and recovery. You can make the choice. It all depends on your desire and your willingness to see past your hurt and past your pain. Okay. Now, I know I said so much during our time with one another. I want to hear from you. What did you gain from this conversation? Was it about how our body still reacts to stress on a physical or an emotional level? Was it the fact that I talked about we can still replicate traumatic events? Was it the fact that you aren't going to be able to heal unless you understand the the triggers and the mechanisms behind it. I'd love to hear from you. Either send me a voicemail message, anger.fm slash Denise T. Lee, or connect with me through info.deniseTLee.com slash connect. So either way, I'd love to hear from you. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone else. Write a review. Let me know either way. Well, thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.